thank you to Passive for sponsoring today's video. Today, I wanna share with you guys two stocks that I'm personally very much liking at the moment. I think these are two pretty solid picks. If I do say so myself, of course, do your own research and due diligence. I'm just sharing with you guys why I like the stocks you can go do make those decisions for yourself. But in getting started, let's kick it off with EQ Bank, ticker EQB.to. I know we just talked about these guys not long ago, but with the Silicon Valley Bank failure, these shares have fallen quite steeply down 20% over the past month. And I thought this may warrant a slightly deeper dive. I don't currently own uh, EQ Bank at the moment. I have in the past, but I do believe that this 20% drop uh, certainly makes it look a little more attractive. I think it very much could be an opportunity to get into a company like this. And I wanna start uh, this segment off by asking and answering the question that maybe some of you guys uh, have in mind. I certainly had in mind, uh, as we saw these banks starting to you know collapse in the States, is, is a company like EQ Bank or just the Canadian financials in general safe to invest in? And I would say this, of course, EQ Bank is a very big and credible established bank here in Canada. They are, of course, smaller than the big six, right? The BMOs, the TDs, the Scotiabanks. They are, I would say, a tier below. But if history has taught us anything about the Canadian financial institutions in general, I would say it is actually quite promising. Here's a little, you know, post little thing I can pop up for you guys. Canada has strict regulations for our financial institutions. Consider this, as a result of the 2008 financial crisis, a total of 465 banks failed in the United States. In Canada, no bank failed as a result of this crisis. In fact, the overall stability of the banking system was not seriously threatened. And we talk about this from time to time, how resilient the Canadian banks have been historically We'll look at a couple measures in a second, but I just found this fascinating on the topic of SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. In hindsight, it's kind of easy to say now, well, they may have been a little you know, concentrated or overexposed to a certain type of clientele. We see here startups, uh, early stage startups, tech startups, uh, healthcare, it turns out to be, was a big uh, niche of their clientele. This made up like 75% of their deposits. So I don't know if it's a fair, you know, apples, it certainly is not a fair apples to apples comparison to say, you know, a, a Canadian bank or EQ bank uh, is like this. They have very different clientele. We're going to look at that in a moment. But nevertheless, one of the things I want to point out is as of the recent quarter, EQ bank posted a uh, CET one or tier one ratio of 13.7. This is a metric that compares a company's capital against its assets. It literally states here for those curious in the event of a crisis, equity is taken first from tier one. And if we compare this ratio up with other major banks, we see that it actually comes in higher than pretty much every American bank, TD being the only one, you know, at 16%, which is obviously a Canadian bank, but that's really impressive. But nevertheless, the 13.7, in my opinion, is quite adequate. And actually, as part of my research, I believe just uh, quite recently, they here in Canada, they bumped up the minimum requirement. They bumped it up about half a basis point. Just one of the many examples of why we can say the Canadian financial system is, is quite resilient. Another one to add on to that, if you dig you know, deeper into the financial statements, you're gonna see a line for uh, provision for credit losses. Essentially what this means is that the financial institutions basically put money aside, like they allocate money in the expectation that, hey, some of their uh, loans or their credit that's outstanding will get defaulted on. They will not be able to collect on such and such uh, of their loans. They're basically preparing for that. And if you look at the numbers, I mean, uh, just for fascination reasons, I was looking at this with you know, a big bank like TD uh, or BMO. They are astronomical. Obviously, EQ Bank comes in smaller than that. Nevertheless, I'm showcasing these 
you know, measures, if you will, to share why I feel, you know, quite comfortable and confident in the long-term success of the Canadian uh, banks. I do believe that they are in fair shape. Now, in all fairness, a risk to be considered with EQ Bank is of course their exposure to the mortgage environment or the mortgage market here in Canada. Actually, this is the case with a lot of Canadian banks, FYI, and especially with this recession that we keep hearing about and it seems to be getting closer and closer if you've been monitoring the bond uh, activity possibly indicating that uh, it's a uh, recession around the corner. Who knows? We don't know. We'll see. But uh, nevertheless, with this high exposure to mortgages, how will a company like EQ Bank fare? And I'll remind you that EQ Bank is what is known as a B lender, one of the big B lenders here in Canada. If we pop up on the page, you'll see this line jump out as their alternative, alternative single family mortgages. And we say alternative because this is essentially, you know, maybe if you are going to get a mortgage and you don't quite qualify, you don't meet the requirements um, from income or yada, 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 what the big, you know, banks look at, like the A lenders, which would be, you know, your TDs and your Scotiabank mortgages, et cetera, et cetera. You do have this next category of B lenders where they do charge a slightly higher interest rate. And I guess they're a little more lenient, if you will, on the types of people, not to say that they're, you know, bad, uh, bad people and they're going bankrupt far from that. It's just, slightly different. And what I find is noteworthy is if we look at the average rate here across, let's say their single family mortgages, it sits at 4.79%. So that would be, you know, in general prime plus, you know, their little markup that is, you know, low when we look at where interest rates have gone over the past year. And when these new mortgages do come up for renewal, whether that's, you know, 2024, 2025, uh, 2026, whatever the case is, I guess a realistic question to ask is, you know, how will Canadians fare in renewing these? And is it going to be a big financial burden, a big financial stress? Um, very, very possibly. And again, this is not just EQ Bank, but any company that has this exposure to the Canadian mortgage space, it's definitely a risk to be considered. Nevertheless, I've talked about EQ Bank in the past video, so I'm not gonna go over it too much, but they're crushing all their major metrics. I think that they have a ton of benefits from being a FinTech uh, dominated bank. They have a lot of cool products working in their favor, a diversified business, if you will. And of course, this is a really nice stock from a dividend perspective. Good dividend growth opportunity. One of the key reasons I like this stock. So with it coming down 20% and today trading for basically $54, I think it's definitely worth consideration. It's Canadian and that is my stock number one. Now, before we move on into stock number two, I'd like to take a moment and say thank you to our video sponsor, which is Passive. You guys know I love Passive. We talk about them on the channel here all the time. But if you are a passive investor, whether you're new or established, if you are managing your own portfolio, Passive is an amazing tool to look into. It allows you to become a better investor. It can help your investing be more organized and overall just feel more confident with your portfolio because Passive makes it so easy where they seamlessly link up or they sync up with your brokerage account. It is almost entirely automated and you can use a single platform such as this to help save you time and energy and you can basically look at your investments and portfolio from a 10,000 foot view. Passive is a tool that saves you a ton of time and headache where you don't have to be looking at all sorts of spreadsheets and doing a bunch of uh, back of the napkin math to decide what trades you wanna make. With Passive, you can essentially set these targets, let Passive do the heavy lifting, and actually with things like one-click trade, all you need to do is review it and execute it to get you back onto your targets. A really cool use case of this as well is if you plan on making any big changes to your portfolio, so kind of rejigging things entirely, you can actually set up a model portfolio, create that from scratch to get an understanding of how the moves 
will impact you before you make them. And of course, passive notifications give you a feeling of freedom that your portfolio is self-managing while you're out doing other things that actually matter to you in your life. In terms of pricing, this is where it gets really great. Passive Elite is a bargain at only $99 per year. And if you happen to be a Questread user, as I know many of our followers are, you can get this Elite completely for free. If you're not a Questrade user, there is a free account and there's no credit card required to get started. So I'd absolutely encourage you to go check it out. I'll include links down below or you can go visit their website, but thank you to Passive for sponsoring this video. Moving on into stock number two for today, we're jumping to the American market. I really like this pick right now too. It is the company Alphabet, ticker G-O-O-G, Google. Stellar buy in my opinion, we can keep this short and sweet. This is one of my top positions as you guys may or may not know. But um, yeah, Google had a pretty rough go of it I think the past couple months uh, in terms of the media coverage and kind of the big uh, news that we would have heard. A lot of you guys probably saw their big or heard about their AI demo which was kind of excitingly released and it kind of had a flop. Like there was a big error it picked up a factual error in um, whatever the topic was. I think discovering a planet and of course shares dropped. I think it's silly when this stuff happens because to me, there's like, I, I actually invite it because there's no real impact. Like there's no impact on the fundamentals of business. They're still making tons of money. They're still doing this. This is a demo of a new AI um, rollout, which is going to be pivotal and, and um, you know, crucial for this company going forward, as we're seeing with Microsoft and all these other companies, like this is going to be a massive, massive integration with the business. Who cares if it made a little error? I guess people expect these big companies at the top of the you know, totem pole to be perfect. And yeah, I guess sometimes that just doesn't happen. Nevertheless, I just think it's an overreaction in general. Another interesting point related to Google is regarding actually the potential TikTok ban, which would clearly be favorable to the American uh, social media companies. I believe a bill just passed recently making this, you know, more of a reality if they choose to do so. I'm not necessarily counting on this being huge for Google because I think Google, I, I like to say, I know uh, I would, suspect Google would thrive with or without TikTok. That's, again, it's just such a side piece, but it is an interesting point. This is a company that just crushes it on all metrics. We see revenue here, compound annual growth rate of 18% over the past number of years. Their income metrics and cash flow both equally as strong, compounding in that 20% range. Personally, with the shares coming down off highs, um, their value metrics, I think, are pretty close to five-year lows, if that, at five-year lows almost. PE ratio today of 22 and a price-to-free cash flow of 14. Today with the stock trading at $103, to me, if you are looking for exposure into the tech stock or the FANG stocks, this is a, you know, a no-brainer. I'm not against other selections, like I think Microsoft is um, strong as well. Meta, I've talked about in the past, and I still like uh, Meta, whether you like it or not. Um, but today my pick is Google. I think that's more acceptable than, than a meta, for example. A lot of people can get behind the Google pick in my opinion. So that is my short and simple one. I do like uh, that at the moment. But like I said at the top, do your own research, do your own due diligence. These are just my opinions, but I would love to hear what you think down in the comment section below. Do you like the picks? Do you dislike them? Do you have any better ones? Comment that down below because I am very curious to hear. If you enjoyed the video, give it a thumbs up, subscribe for more content. We post stock market content like this every single week for Canadians. And of course, if you are a new investor in Canada, you're new to the DIY game, either you just started and you don't know what you're doing, maybe you haven't started and you need help getting over that, that hump and the leap and you want someone to kind of show you and guide you exactly how to learn this space and execute everything well, check out the Investing Academy. That is our program. We work with thousands of people all across the country who have 
in many cases never invested before or they have mutual funds and they're paying too high fees and they just want to feel really confident and, and comfortable in doing it on their own whether that's moving all the money or just a portion right it's not to say if you have a financial advisor you just blow it up and say go here you could if if and when you feel confident but oftentimes you can take a portion or manage you know one account by yourself and then ultimately with time you know you tend to see that coming all to yourself once your skills are are better because you can save a ton you know thousands and thousands of dollars in fees uh had you learned to do this on your own and yeah we'd be happy to teach you and um learn from us if that is something you are interested in that is the investing academy first link down below but as always i thank you guys for watching i hope you enjoyed and i'll see you in the next video